Welcome to the Summer at the AGO podcast series, devoted to four great art shows on right now. Surreal Things, Angelica Hurla, Painting as a Weapon, and Remix. In this episode, guest curator Angie Littlefield, Angelica Hurla's grandniece, explores the tumultuous relationship between Angelica and her husband Heinrich Hurla, who would become one of the Cologne progressives. You can see their works in Angelica Hurla, The Comet of Cologne Dada, and Painting as a Weapon, Progressive Cologne, on display until the end of August. It has always been difficult for me to imagine why my great-aunt Angelica Hurla would alienate her parents by eloping with Heinrich Hurla. Family photographs indicate she was a beauty. She was musically accomplished, artistically gifted, politically astute, and earned a small income as a millinery apprentice from 1915 onwards. As the last child in the Fick family, she had been indulged by her parents and older siblings. She was able to visit art exhibitions and music events, including the symphony and opera, whenever she wanted, always clad like a fashion plate. Heinrich Herle, by contrast, had dropped out of secondary school, wandered penniless around Europe, and worked for the circus before returning to Cologne to set up an atelier in his parents' home on Erftstrasse. His girlfriend, Millie Theophil, had died suspiciously of a lower body inflammation in 1917. His father had died of tuberculosis during the war. Herla had no income and few prospects. Heinrich and Angelica probably met through Angelica's brother, Willie Fick, whose part-time studies at the Cologne Applied Art School before the war had overlapped with Hurla's short time there. There were, however, other possible intersection points that include the Café Luna, the Yato Discussion Group, and the Fick Family Music Evenings, all magnets for those against the war and for the arts. Marta Hegemann recounts a meeting between Angelica and Heinrich in an unpublished manuscript she wrote immediately after Angelica's death. In her memory, she paints a picture of a tall, fashionable woman who swept through rooms like a princess, meeting a man Marta later refers to as a dwarf. Angelica was indeed at least a head taller than Herla. What then was the allure? According to many different accounts, Herla, like her favorite brother Willie, was incredibly funny. His sarcastic wit and inspired repartee made him the focus of any gathering. He had a brooding intensity. According to Higeman, Herla said he would marry Angelica the first time he saw her and he stuck to that resolve with determination. Although he was still officially linked with Millie Theophil, Herla wrote Angelica from the front and then pursued her relentlessly until their elopement a mere six months later. Their courtship took place during the heady days of street fighting and revolution in 1918 and 1919, when artists all over Germany felt empowered to start anew. Artists were politically on fire. Hurler worked on his cripple portfolio 
and Angelica on political cartoons for the United Socialist Parties of Germany. They broke the curfew of the British occupiers to bring art to the people by placarding original works around Cologne. In the adrenaline of the times, Angelica must have seen a union with this witty, talented, smoldering man as a means for them to advance each other and their drive towards societal renewal. Certainly, there must have been chemistry. However, right from her father's stinging denunciation of Angelica with the words, I no longer have a daughter, to their dicey honeymoon in the Eiffel Mountains, which Hurla hated, to the economic necessities that forced Hurla to paint bars and nightclubs part-time, the marriage began to unravel. The more successful Angelica became as an artist and political figure, the more difficult the marriage was for them both. As the revolution sputtered, Dada failed to attain its goals of clearing out everything old, and the pre-war establishment consolidated its hold on politics and culture, the spotlight turned back on the personal, the marriages made right after war. The men liked the sexual freedoms represented by the new woman, independent females such as Angelica, Marta Hegemann, and Louise Strauss Ernst, were drawn to the equality of opportunity that the new voting woman represented. In spite of Marta and Lou having children, they wanted to pursue their careers, which they could have with the help of their husbands. Obviously, these particular men and women did not perceive the new woman in the same way. It was no accident that Ernst and Herla left their wives in the fall of 1922 both headed to other women. Max pursued the sexually gregarious Gala Eloard, while Herla was drawn to Marta Kleinertz, known as Tata, the wife of architect Willy Kleinertz. Although Anton Raderscheidt stayed with Marta, he started to paint lonely pairs. Whatever drew Angelica and Heinrich, Marta and Anton, Lou and Max together in 1918 and 1919, commitment was the issue by 1922. Commitment to art and commitment to marriage. We may learn a lot about these same issues today by discussing the question, who had the right to expect what? This brings us to the end of this episode of Summer at the AGO. New podcasts will be posted on www.ago.net all summer long. For more about subscribing to the series, please visit our website.